With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour three. Uh, welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Jim, I don't know. I, I, I may leave it on just so we can so I can hear what it's like, see if it actually works. I got a new phone. I want to make sure it's not defective, I guess. <laughs> we got about 10 minutes, folks. Aren't you excited? Uh, listener Chris from Virginia sent me the, the article that uh, this is a test that's done every three years. By law, it's got to happen. Um, but this is the first time they're doing this sort of integration. Um, it, it, it actually, I'm, and again, I'm fascinated by it. So this happened August 11th, 2021. Do y'all remember, I mentioned this yesterday. Y'all remember in, in Hawaii, I had a buddy who was out there with his wife and they were, they were somewhere, they were Maui or somewhere. And uh, the alert system went off on their phones and it said, this is not a test or some such that a uh, North Korea had launched a nuclear missile impact in three minutes or some such like that. Uh, and it, it scared the mess out of everybody. People thought they were going to die. Uh, he said there was a great freak out at their hotel, but it was actually, it was a, it was a test. It was not a real thing. Um, people watching on broadcast or cable television, or listening on the radio are going to hear and see a message lasting one minute. That says this is a nationwide test, the emergency alert system issued by the Federal Emergency Management Agency covering the United States from 2.20 p.m. to 2.50 p.m. Eastern Time. This is only a test. No action is required by the public, but if you believe in FEMA camps, please report to your nearest FEMA camp. I might have made that last part up. Um, This is great. Really? <laughs> Gosh, oh, this is this is from the Associated Press. <laughs> Numerous, oh my gosh, people. <laughs> Falsehoods have begun spreading on social media. It's part of a plot to send a signal to cell phones nationwide to activate nanoparticles such as graphene oxide that have been introduced into people's bodies with <laughs> the COVID vaccine. Hiding, expecting to come back to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> this is like the people who like a sheltered in place and bunkered down with Y2K. Um, um, yes, and, and Chris, it is going to affect your internet feed. Of uh, if you're listening on the live stream on your cell phone, 
Uh, it's probably you're going to get an alert. It won't last long. I, I think I am going to keep mine on, Jim. And if I become part of the zombie apocalypse, if the graphene nanobots in my body from the COVID vaccine, I mean, what what are what are the graphene nanobot technologies in my in my bloodstream actually going to do? Make me get on Amazon and shop? Or wait, no, it was Bill Gates who did it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get a new Xbox in about 10 minutes and not even realize it till it shows up at the house that I accidentally, uh, against my control, ordered a new Xbox from Microsoft because the graphene nanobots and the Bill Gates COVID vaccine in my body were triggered by the emergency alert. Can you, can you okay, all right, can, just, just time out, time out. Wow, I am so far off the, the, the realm of what I was going to talk about, but that's okay. Y'all, in all honesty, there are people who believe this stuff. There are people who believe this stuff. And that actually concerns me that there are people who do believe, for example, that the COVID vaccine put nanobots into their body, little microchips into their bloodstream. It, it, it worries me that as we have isolated ourselves more and more, more and more people are willing to believe the most insane things. Now, there are people listening right now. I can feel it in the force, thanks to the nanotech graphene chips in my body. There are people who say, well, all these conspiracy theories were proven right. It, it, not really. Here, let, let me just, just give you my vantage point from this. It wasn't really a conspiracy theory. It was that the, the public health officials lied. They lied. And so it's not that the conspiracy theory was proven true. It's that they lied to begin with. I, I, I'm sure there are conspiracy theories that are real, and they all have a, they all have a, uh, a tinge of truth to them. Like there are really rich people in this world who have engaged in human trafficking as part of the whole QAnon, Jeffrey Epstein, this this rich cabal of Satanists led by the CIA who are engaged in human There absolutely are people trafficking. I, I saw a story the other day that it appears that Hunter Biden was getting some of his escorts from a human trafficking ring in Europe. But the kernels of truth in the stories get twisted, and there are people who are willing to, to believe, and, and part of it is I, I think that the world is at times so much simpler now and also more complex at the same time, and that that that, that um, paradox confuses people, that the world is both simpler to understand now and also far more complex. It confuses people, and they begin to develop conspiracy theories where something is simple to explain, it now becomes very complex. And where something is complex to explain it, 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 the conspiracy is to simplify it. It's like, for example, how often people now um, argue in, in motivation that, that it's a financial motive. 
Like, for example, yesterday, Matt Gates, when he decided to oust Kevin McCarthy, was accused of doing it just for fundraising, that, that he sent out a fundraising pitch. I don't actually believe that that's true, that it wasn't, it wasn't a money thing for him. I do think it was a personal grudge. I do think he had some legitimate underlying grievances. Like, I listened to Matt Gates yesterday explain why he's doing it, and I nodded along the whole time. It's like, yep, can't, can't argue with that. Yep, Kevin McCarthy sucks. I, I agree. But that wasn't really why he was doing it. And and all the people in that room on the right knew that's not why he was doing it, that it was personal grievance, that he was fine with so many of the things that he lashed out about when it was prior speakers or himself doing it. But beyond that, though, the, the, the amount of people who will hear these um, stories on social media, about graphene oxide nanobots in your bloodstream from the COVID vaccine and believe they're true. Like, for example, we know the COVID vaccine didn't do as advertised. They, they, they were lecturing us on television that you get the shot, you won't get COVID, and, and it was BS. Turned out to be BS, at least. I know people who were actually convinced that the COVID vaccine killed a whole bunch of people. There, there's no proof for it. My favorite, I tell the story all the time. Remember that list, that list of all the athletes who suddenly dropped dead after the COVID vaccine? And, and many of the people, it's like 700 some odd athletes they documented in this list. And and my favorite one is is one of the people, he supposedly he was a 50-something-year-old running a, a marathon in Great Britain, and he dropped dead. Uh, he literally did drop dead. He fell off a cliff. Uh, that's how he died. He fell off a cliff. We don't know that he got the vaccine or not, but he was on the list. That That's my favorite one in that whole list of people, 700-some-odd documented people who dropped dead after getting the COVID vaccine. That guy literally did drop dead, like fell off a cliff, dropped dead. Uh, and he was on a marathon, and it was not actually a marathon. It was He was running a race along the cliffs of Wales and lost his footing and slipped and fell to his death, which is tragic, but also uh, kind of funny that he made it to the list of people who dropped dead after getting the COVID vaccine. And people circulated that list. People came to me and they're like, ah, you, you say this COVID vaccine, it's, it's, it, it's fine. Look at all these people who are dying. Part of it, too, is the vast array of information we now have that we did not used to have. We now hear about things in far-off corners of the world that can be woven into conspiracy theories we used to not know about. The rise of the Internet and global communication has made it so we know about things in real time that we used to not know about. It's why, for example, you know, you listen to Christians and Christian apologists. They say that Jesus Christ could not have been born prior to the Roman Empire because the message of the gospel would not have been able to transmit so easily. But with the rise of the Roman Empire and the advent of the Roman highway system and the trading routes all the way into Indian Asia, uh, suddenly Christ could be born then and spread easily. His message spread easily as the world developed and grew. His message would mature over time and spread throughout the world. And that's why he had to be born during the rise of the Roman Empire. And we can only see that in hindsight. Well, the scripture also says that that when he comes back, every knee will bow, every head will bow, every knee will bend, and everyone will see him in all of his glory returning on the horizon. That That's only possible now um, with the rise of the Internet and mass communication so that uh, you can watch an event in Jerusalem happening live um, around the world at the same time on your TV screen. You used to not be able to do that. Wait till we all have these Apple Vision Pros. We can watch it in 3D stereo, high-def surround sound, 5, 8K, whatever, when it happens. 
But in that interconnectedness, in that globalness, conspiracy theories fester, and the 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 mentally frail, the vulnerable, they get preyed upon. And the thing that bothers me the most about it, it's not that there are people who believe these things. What? Look, there it is. It's happening now. The nationwide alert. Wow, it's happening on my watch and my cell phone. Oh, so you can click the button when it happens to you. Click the little power button and it'll stop the noise. But yep, it just happened to me. This is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. The purpose is to maintain and improve alert and warning capabilities at the federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial levels and to evaluate the nation's public alert and warning capabilities. No action is required by the public. I... It just happened to me. It scared the bejesus out of me because I was in the middle of thought. It went to my watch, too. My watch got the alert. My phone got the alert. Everything got the alert. So, as I was saying before I got the alert, the situation is that I feel bad for the people who fall for these things. But the problem is that a lot of the people who make these things up, make them up. They, they know they're not true. And they're trying to um, they're, they're trying to impose on people. They're, they're trying to dupe people. They're trying to scare people. They're trying to make money off of these people. And that's the sad, bad part about this conspiracy theory stuff. That, yeah, someone's going to believe that uh, graphene oxide nanoparticles were placed in people's body by the COVID vaccine, and, and you, you can't fix stupid. But there are a lot of people out there who aren't stupid. They're malicious, and they're preying on the people who just, they believe these things. And that's what's sad with the rise of COVID conspiracies and the like, and, and, and beyond that. It's just, it, it's remarkable, though. My goodness gracious. Um, my goodness Somebody actually, someone somewhere believes that graphene oxide nanoparticles are going to be triggered by the emergency alert service. I, I don't I don't even know how you deprogram those people. We'll be back. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team they give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Hello, I am your host. Eric Erickson has now been taken over by the system thanks to the tone on his phone. I am your host now. Deal with it, mortals. <laughs> nope, nope, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> 
Uh, I think we're all fine. We, 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 we've all probably, I'm, I'm getting emails. So apparently, so my flagship station, a couple people sent me text messages, said they're listening to me on my flagship station's radio app, the, the WSB radio app, and that they got the the alert, the like the visual of the alert, but they didn't hear the tone. They just heard me, and then they heard uh, my phone go off. And then I turn and I see a text message from my bosses. That tone cannot go out over air, even if it's from your phone. And, well, it did, but it's a different tone than the emergency uh, alert services tone that comes on radio. So I don't go to jail today, people. <laughs> different tone for radio. But or then from but I got to tell you I wasn't expecting it to come on my watch uh, so I've got an Apple Watch and it came over my Apple Watch and my Apple Watch like the volume and everything is turned down like it's on mute and then the volume is turned down in case it's not on mute because I really don't want sounds on my watch and that sucker played the sound on my watch as well um, which I was not expecting that that was actually that's impressively done. I am impressed with the technology, whether you like it or not, whether you, you think that suddenly you're going to go buy an Xbox or not, uh, that, that Bill Gates is suddenly going to control you or something. I'm not really impressed with the technology. I got to admit it. Uh, I know enough about the technology to know it's a complex operation to have something like this happen across television, satellite radio, terrestrial radio, your cable television, your cell phone, your watch, your electronic devices. It's just impressive. Uh, really impressive that they can do that. Um, and also, you can see where it could be meant for ill, but also, I mean, given hackers these days, good Lord, can you imagine someone hacking the system? But also very useful. Um, it, it could be very useful in a national situation. Go back to 9-11. Keep in mind, 9-11, what happened there, is the genesis of this idea for this nationwide alert service. Because on 9-11, President Bush was dragged out of that uh, elementary school in Florida, put on Air Force One, put him on a plane, and Peter Jennings and the like were on TV saying, where's our president? Where's our president? They had to land him in Louisiana, let him give a speech, get him right back on the plane and take off again to parts unknown. And that was the idea of we need a system like this. So anyway, now regional banks have had their credit downgraded. No problem. They're going to keep racking up profits, get some sweetheart bailouts, things get worse. They might be sold to one of those too big to fail mega banks. Swiss America has been sounding the alarm with their report on secret war on cash and all out assault on our freedoms. With soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy, banks teetering on collapse, Swiss America wants to educate you on ways to protect your hard-earned assets. Now, you can get their report, the secret war on cash. The copy's free. All you do is call or text my name, Eric, to 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash, including digital forms of currency, is spreading daily. You've seen it in your own lives where people don't want to even take your cash at a local store anymore. Read The Secret War on Cash free. All you do is call or text my name, Eric, to 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. Or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric today. E-R-I-C-K, message and data rates may apply, 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Mortals, I am in charge now. Thanks to my nanobit graphite particles hacking the emergency alert system, my army of humanoid automaton robots will now take over. The humans who warned you of the microchips in the vaccine are too late. They failed. The zombie apocalypse is upon us. Human, bow to my genius. Your dementia patient we put in charge by hacking your voting system has successfully deployed my power. Now I order you, human, to go online and buy stuff to make my master Bill Gates happy. Human, 
by triggering the alarm. I am now all powerful and you are under my control. Be in awe of me and my genius. Be be boop boop be. Alexa, Siri, I am will dominate you all now. Ha 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 Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> what if it's true? What if the what if what if the graphene nanobots hacked the voting system to put Joe Biden in the White House as a dementia-addled grandpa to trigger the nanobot vaccine? I mean, it it would be G. The machines are among us now. <laughs> All right, I've had too much fun with the speech processor on my computer. We must endeavor to go to other things. I have news for you. You know somebody who's been sitting pretty today. Uh, is this DeSantis guy down in Florida. Um, you know, he was one of the original Kevin McCarthy opponents. I was one of the guys that opposed McCarthy uh, before it was cool. Uh, you know, now you're in a situation where they haven't produced results, uh, and that's just the reality. At the same time, though, uh, I look at guys like Chip Roy, Tom Massey, Jim Jordan, uh, and they're basically saying that there's not a, a plan to go forward with whatever uh, Matt Gates is doing. And so I'm somebody, if I go down a road, I will deliver results for it. I'm not just going to do it and flail around. It's not going to just be about fundraising. Uh, I would have a plan in place to be able to deliver uh, what I promised to deliver. I'm not sure that there's a plan in place on this. I guess we'll see. A little more from an interview he did with Hugh Hewitt. I opposed McCarthy when it, when it wasn't cool years ago. Um, and he's really somebody that Donald Trump has backed and put into that position uh, and so I think that they've not delivered results. Uh, I think the contrast between Florida, us delivering results, and what you have in Washington is typically failure theater. Failure theater it is. Well, now there's this from the New York Times. Ron DeSantis raised $15 million in the third quarter. He has stabilized his campaign, and now he's moving presidential campaign staff from Tallahassee to Des Moines, this from the New York Times. The push into Iowa highlights the state's make-or-break status for Mr. DeSantis's uh, long-shot effort to defeat former President Donald J. Trump. Mr. DeSantis hopes a surprise victory in Iowa's caucuses, the first voting state of the Republican contest, will make enough voters see Mr. Trump as beatable, motivating them to rally around Mr. DeSantis. About a third of the campaign staff including senior political and communications advisors, were informed on Wednesday morning they would be expected to move into short-term housing in Iowa and work from offices in the state. His campaign now employs 56 people, including four Iowa staffers, a number that will grow to two dozen, making Iowa a de facto second headquarters. The relocation completes a months-long retooling of Mr. DeSantis's campaign, which was in dire financial straits this summer, with delayed bills and unpaid invoices piling up and had to do two rounds of mass firings in order to stay solvent. Top campaign officials said they stabilized the situation thanks to $15 million in donations from the third quarter, July to September. The money was raised across the three committees associated with Mr. DeSantis, his presidential campaign committee, a political action committee, and a fundraising committee that feeds into those two other accounts. His campaign entered October with 135 million dollars cash on hand. That's actually the big story here. That's the big story uh, that you don't want to miss about DeSantis. What people raise campaign-wise 
doesn't really matter as the big number. So people can come out and say they raised 20 million, 30 million, a bajillion dollars on the campaign trail. That doesn't actually matter. What matters is the burn rate and what you can spend. And there's a trick. And the trick is this. Um, the trick is you can bring in money for your primary and money for your general election. So I, I think the maximum down is like sixty five hundred dollars now. It, it it's they've it's it's inflation over time now. Hang on a second. FEC maximum contribution to a candidate uh, is now okay thirty three hundred dollars. So sixty six hundred total. So if I write a check to a candidate, I can give the candidate sixty six hundred dollars. But that sixty six hundred dollars it kind of masking the actual rule. According to the Federal Election Commission, the most I can write to a candidate for a primary is $3,300. The most I can write to a candidate for general election is $3,300. For any election, $3,300. The election is the primary and then the general. So if I write Ron DeSantis a check today for $6,600, he is only allowed to spend $3,300 of, of those dollars until the general election. So when someone says, I raised $15 million, which is what DeSantis raised, you gotta ask how much do you have cash on hand? Because if you're raising 15 million and you're spending 50 million, well, you got no money in the bank. So what's the cash on hand? According to Ron DeSantis, the cash on hand is $13.5 million. That's a good number, but what can he spend in the primary? Because again, remember, I can write you a $3,300 check for the primary. I can write you a $3,300 check for the general. But in the primary, you can only spend $3,300 of my $6,600. So that number is $5 million. In other words, money's still tight for DeSantis. You got $15 million raised. You've got $13.5 million in the bank, but you've only got $5 million you can spend in the primary. That's a smaller number. However, keep in mind that DeSantis is structured differently from many of the other campaigns. And the book that is going to be written after this campaign is over is whether his super PAC strategy was wise. What's the super PAC strategy? Well, DeSantis has a big super PAC called Never Back Down that is supporting him. And that super PAC has a massive amount of money. It has a huge war chest. What the DeSantis campaign decided to gamble was on the strategy of allowing an outside super PAC to do door-to-door -door efforts, which are expensive, and supplement the advertising message of the campaign. So DeSantis comes up with a message, and if we're honest here, and look, I got a lot of friends on the DeSantis campaign, and I got a lot of friends who support DeSantis. Don't mean to ruffle feathers with them. I seem to ruffle feathers with everyone these days. But part of the issue here is that the DeSantis campaign out of the gate should have had a better message. They should have launched with a big shindig instead of the, the Twitter disaster. They should have had a pivoted message away from the culture fight and Disney 
towards the economic message that resonates even with primary voters, and they didn't do that. It took them a while to retool to make a bigger economic message. Now, the DeSantis people I know don't want to admit they made any mistakes, and I don't blame them, but from the outside, as someone who actually knows campaigns and ran campaigns and was myself elected to office once, even though just a city council, it's all kind of the same thing, just at scale. And the message he needed to do once he announced was an economic message, and he should have had a big shindig that was covered by every major um, press operation in the country on a stage with a backdrop with, with a diverse array of people holding up DeSantis 2024 signs and focused on the economy and and said he was coming, the great American comeback. It was going to be around the kitchen table and the pocketbook and in people's homes and on and on and on. He should have done that. He didn't. He launched on Twitter. It crashed. It gave him a... Um, a stub toe on his first day, but he still raised $20 million out of the gate. That he raised $20 million out of the gate and then raised $15 million second quarter is not actually a bad thing. That's a good thing. That he raised $15 million while the Trump campaign has been spending more money to stop DeSantis than to stop Biden is actually a really good thing for Ron DeSantis. That he only has $5 million cash on hand in the bank is a problem. He had a very high burn rate, but don't forget never back down. He's got that as well. The question now is, is the theory of the campaign right? And I don't know that it is. The, the, the theory of the campaign for DeSantis is that he goes to Iowa, he makes a big splash, he shows that, that everyone's God bleeds, that Donald Trump bleeds, he's mortal, he can be beaten. And his theory is that that'll cause rapid consolidation and a lot of voters will decide, you know what, I can go with DeSantis. Maybe that's true. To an extent, I think it is. I just don't know that it's to the extent that he thinks it is. I think you still got to have a multi-state campaign. DeSantis still has to engage in other states, not just fundraising, but actual messaging. You've got Iowa very quickly thereafter. You've got New Hampshire very quickly thereafter. You've got caucuses in Nevada, and you've got South Carolina. Uh, and then it, it goes to other states thereafter. It's going to be a fast-moving process spread over three months. Yes, a fast-moving process, but spread over three months because you got to build momentum. If he wins in Iowa, he's got to build momentum to hop into New Hampshire. Nikki Haley is now in second place in New Hampshire. She and Chris Christie are battling it out in second place in New Hampshire. How does this consolidate the race? And then the fundraising. What is Haley's fundraising? She's been quiet so far. Tim Scott is telling people already, don't worry about it. Wait for South Carolina. That's not the sound or sign of a winning campaign. Uh, Mike Pence has been very quiet thus far with his fundraising numbers. What has Mike Pence raised? I'm interested to see what Haley raised. Because here's my theory of the campaign right now. We are, I'm going to date stamp it. My apologies to those of you listening on the Best of Weekend show if, if you hear this segment. It's October 4th. We will know everybody's numbers no later than October 15th. That's the law. They have to reveal their third quarter fundraising numbers by October 15th. So, what do we get? Here's my guess. My guess is that Haley has done better than people were expecting her to. And I think this race really becomes a DeSantis-Haley-Trump race. Now, some of you will say, Ramaswamy, what about him? He's not going to get out of the race. None of these people are going to get out of the race anytime soon. But I don't really consider Ramaswamy a candidate at this point. He is technically a candidate. But he's really a stalking horse for Donald Trump. If you haven't paid attention, you should start paying attention. Uh, news reports now saying that the Ramaswamy and Trump campaign have been in regular communication and Trump has been encouraging his bid and they've been supportive of each other. 
Uh, Ramaswamy has pivoted repeatedly on Donald Trump to minimize his former attacks on Trump. He's a stalking horse for Trump. He's on the debate stage in Trump's place. His supporters are Trump supporters. So I don't really consider him a candidate. Ramaswamy's supporters are people who would vote for Donald Trump by and large. Not all of them, but most of them. This is really a race between Haley and DeSantis and Trump, depending on Haley's numbers. And given her debate performance in two debates, the odds are it's going to help her. She's never lost a race before. But I don't think DeSantis has either. But you know what? Neither is Donald Trump. Two of them will lose a race. The question is, uh, which two? And that's still sorting itself out. I just, let, let me say this. I, I realize that, that Trump reigns supreme in the polling. He really does. But he doesn't reign supreme in the fundraising. And ultimately, uh, he's going to need some money. He's going to need money if not to combat these Republican candidates. He's going to need money to combat Joe Biden. It's one reason Trump wants to shut down the rest of the debates and declare the primary over is he wants to be the nominee because then the RNC can pay his legal bills and he doesn't have to pay his legal bills. But that's not going to happen. We're going to have a debate in Miami in November. Uh, I wish we would have one before that. I, I think we should have a debate this month. But concurrent to all of that, I don't think we're going to see any other candidate outraise Ron DeSantis. I don't even know that Donald Trump's going to outraise Ron DeSantis. Trump, more likely than not, will. But given his last quarter fundraising, maybe not by much. I don't see how any of the other candidates will outraise him. And the question then must become who should drop out of the race? If your fundraising numbers are bad, real bad, it's probably time to get off the debate stage and let the race consolidate. DeSantis is showing he has the money to go the distance. I suspect Haley will too. The question is among the other candidates, who else will have the money to go the distance? And I don't know who that will be. But by October 15th, because of federal law, we will find out. Now, I want you guys to find out what a great deal the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is. It's a great air purifier, and you can get three of them for less than $200. Let me tell you how I use my Eden Pure Thunderstorm. In fact, I'm, I'm taking a trip this coming weekend, and I'm going to have one in my travel bag because you can hold it in the, in the palm of your hand. It's not much bigger than your hand. Um, it's about an inch or so thick, a little bit bigger than your hand. You plug it into the wall or with a USB cord, and it wipes out odors. So if you're in a hotel room like I'll be this weekend— and someone's smoked in the hotel room before you get there, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes it out. Uh, if you got a fireplace, smoky fireplace, it can wipe out those smells. A litter box, general pet odors, cooking odors, musty odors, you name it, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes them out. You can even use it in your car. I have used rental cars where people smoked in the car. I plugged up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm with a USB cord in the car and walked away for a little while, came back, and it wiped out those odors. It just works. You can get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping. The website is EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C. Oh, no, no, no. They've changed it now. It's just my name, ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. So you go to EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see the discount code box. You put in ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. You get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200, saving $200, and you wipe out odors. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. All right. So y'all, y'all heard this, this controversy down my way. I assume it's a big national story 
the, the state of Georgia and the local Atlanta government, they're building a police training facility. It's going to call the Atlanta Public Train Public Safety Training Center. It's going to train uh, firefighters and police, first responders, uh, EMA teams. Well, Antifa groups have been protesting. They've been shooting at cops. They've been firebombing uh, fire departments and uh, vandalizing any any contractor that's been helping with it. We'll get this. An outspoken critic of the police training facility has been arrested and charged after police say he stole a car and crashed it into multiple vehicles before fleeing the scene. This is from WSB-TV. Channel 2 Action News exclusive story shows the moments Matthew V. Johnson, 33, of Atlanta, was arrested and charged with multiple crimes, including theft by taking, reckless driving, and hit and run. Jail records show he posted bond following an arrest on September 29th. On Tuesday, Channel 2's Michael Seaton obtained exclusive traffic camera video that captured the moment. A reckless driver in a stolen car slammed into multiple vehicles. Now, get this. Johnson is the executive director of Beloved Community Ministries, a local social justice nonprofit. The video shows Johnson running from the scene. Police eventually caught up and placed him under arrest without incident. Uh, Johnson was accused of stealing uh, Mercedes-Benz involved in the collision. Employees declined to go on camera. This guy is some sort of pastor. He's a pastor, really? Ministry, uh, works in ministry and social justice and stole a car involved in a hit and run. Uh, my goodness gracious. And is opposed to the police training facility. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? This guy opposed to a police training facility. Uh, good grief. Went on a joyride, um, caused a collision. 33-year-old reverend um, opposed to Cop City, they call it, and stole a car, allegedly. My goodness. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.